Hi everybody, my name is Maria Villablanca and welcome back to Transform Talks. On this week's episode, I got the chance to speak to Klaus Imping. Klaus is someone who has a 30-year supply chain career under his belt. Whilst working at one of Germany's top supply chain consultancy firms, MSE Solutions, he has conquered his way from project manager to CEO to now esteemed author. There isn't a thing he doesn't know about supply chain strategies, systems integration, and deployment. Klaus has a unique and brilliant mind when it comes to diagnosing and treating weaknesses in supply chain. Not only being able to identify blind spots for his corporate clients, but also how to streamline and turn visibility into business value. Now, working as a consultant and upon the release of his new book, Klaus and I talk about how poor adoption of any solution is no real solution at all. All this and much more today on Transform Talks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Transform Talks. I am joined by my guest, Klaus, who's going to tell us a little bit about himself, and then we're going to go straight in to talk about a really important topic. Klaus, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your journey here? My name is Klaus, Klaus Imping. I'm for more than 30 years in the area of supply chain management. I've worked for almost a decade um, in the industry before I kind of um, changed over to the other side of the desk and went into consulting. I'm very enthusiastic about um, about supply chain. Uh, I love to solve complex problems and I think uh, supply chain problems are typically do have a more complex nature. Uh, and I, I know how to use technology for it. But this also gives some perspective that I kind of um, professionally grew up with. Um, technology is a means to an end. Um, technology typically doesn't solve the problem, but helps solving problems. And it's all about processes. It's all about workflows. It's all about, at least in a business process uh, world, getting people supported um, in the right way. And that's what I love to do, That I, what I have the pleasure to do for um, some decades right now, not only as a, as a consultant and CEO of our company, but also as a, as a book author, because um, I want to share some of my thoughts uh, with a broader audience. And uh, this is where I'm, uh, I decided to write a book. And we're going to get to that book in a second. I, I want to jump straight into the question, uh, and I'm going to make a reference to something you and I were just sort of talking about before this launch. Now, this is probably going to show you how old I am, but there was a movie many years ago when I was, uh, well, when I was younger called Dude, Where's My Car? It's, it wasn't a very good movie, but it's Dude, Where's My Car? Now, you and I were talking about Where's My Container? They should make a new movie, Dude, Where's My Container? <laughs> so visibility, right? It seems like everyone is chasing the holy grail of real-time, end-to-end visibility. What you write about in one of the things that I was reading is that visibility uh, is an essential enabler, but doesn't solve the business problem, hence does not deliver the business value by itself. I love that line. I want you to tell me a little bit more about that. It's probably the way how people typically start thinking. And this is basically they start with the symptom. The symptom is they don't have the transparency, so they are longing for, give me visibility, I want to know where my container is. But this is just the starting point, because once you know things that you haven't, have not known yesterday, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the important question is, what do you do with this information? How do, you, how do you convert this information into business value? Because the fact that the container will arrive 15 days um, late and, and technology and, and many offerings in the market are 
are not just giving us uh, the fact after it happened, but giving our, mm -hmm. our, our, our providing us predictions on on when containers or when shipments are going to are going to arrive. So you're winning time in order to change from a reactive mode, from a firefighting mode into a proactive mode. But this is the important thing. This is why I say the visibility is just the enabler, but the business value depends on the subsequent process to use this information to do the right things. Now, I'm going to generalize here because I'm sure there are people that do this the right way, but do you think in general people get swayed or they get uh, their their eyes go in a direction of following the technology. You know, it's so sexy, technology, AI, machine learning. And do you think that sometimes they forget to uh, change the, the methodologies they have in their businesses, the processes, or maybe lay on cool technology on top of faulty business processes? One of my probably famous statements is that I think the problem with digital of digital transformation starts with the word digital, <laughs> <laughs> because it makes people push everything into the IT corner, into the system corner, into the core, into the drawer of technology. But it isn't. Technology is just a means to an end, and, and visibility is one of those technology elements like AI and ML. Um, they are helping us to support to properly support, to better support the business process. But at the end of, of the day, it's always the, the, the business process. I, I rather would say the, the workflow because process always sounds a bit like very descriptive, uh, high level uh, or higher level of process descriptions, which is, which is typically the case. But at the end of the day, we need to make, we need to change the way people are working. We need to way, change the way how people are collaborating. We need to make we need to change the way how people are making their decisions, and this is um, what needs to be changed. And this is what needs to be supported by technology. So, throwing technology at any given business process is not digitalization. Mm. It's, it's just a superficial. Yes, we do something which we call digitalization, but it isn't. So, focus on processes, on workflows. Do you, do you think that's probably why digital transformation fails? Because there's this obsession with technology and less of a fixation on the people and the processes. Uh, absolutely, I, I fully agree. So there's there's probably also an additional challenge that comes along with digitalization and more sophisticated tools. Because those sophisticated tools and um, the combination of, of various um, technology components, of course, allow a dramatically different way of designing processes. It's not just an incremental change, it's dis disruptively different. Um, yet you need to kind of get a, get a picture how you how you envision the process, the workflow to happen, even though it might be completely different from today. But you need to have a clear idea what this process, even though if you if you dream of a fully automated process, what this process is about, what this workflow is about, and then use the technology appropriately. If you just, and, and this is a mistake that I see with, uh, or let's say a phenomenon that I, that I see with many corporations and many digitalization projects, but it's basically a system implementation on, based on an as-is process with the intention to improve the as-is process. But this is, I think, jumping too short for digitalization. But do you think that, I think, uh, people tend to focus on, uh, well, I may not need some of those processes because technology is going to replace them. And so they're looking at technology like AI and machine learning 
as the the whole point of making sure that they solve their problems, right? So is is that is that a fallacy? Is that something that's a, a danger for companies? From my perspective, this is a very dangerous fallacy <clears throat> because I see this as an evolution, as a as a journey um, where you start orchestrating processes in a more digitalized way, where then afterwards, step by step, you increase the level of, of decision automation, of decision support, of applying decision intelligence by artificial intelligence, machine learning, whatever um, type of technology. At, at the end of the day, I think it's definitely a fallacy to imagine that you could automate a process that is not even explicitly known. In many processes, in many workflows, there are still experts in the in, involved in the process that drive brain-based individual decision-making. They know how to steer things. They know how to side. They know their if-then if branches. They have it in their minds. And you can't automate something that is not explicitly known. You need, as a first step, you need to make these decision flows, these workflows explicit, and then step-by-step step, apply automation. And the way how to apply automation, I think, is an interesting topic as well, because for me, you need to be careful that you do not invalidate the accountability. At the end of the day, you still have an organization that is that consists of, of certain functions going along with certain accountabilities. And it's not an IT decision to say, hey, you're accountable, but I'm going to automate your decision. For me, automation of decision making is delegation to technology. But this delegation has to take place by the accountable people. They delegate. Do you think sometimes that's happening? Do you think that you know, we're making a technology accountable when really the human should be accountable uh, for that process. I think it's the, it's the accountable person, mm -hmm. the person that is accountable for the respective process who has to take the decision to delegate to technology or to delegate to people. And of course, if you, if you uh, run explicit processes, you will gain a lot of experience along with those process executions that hasn't been visible before. And that is enabling a, a significantly higher um, um, degree of, of uh, automated decision-making and automated processes. But this, as I said, is a journey. This is an evolution. This is something that you need to bring from how I call it tribal processes that are not explicit to explicit processes first and then step-by-step step start autom automating things. Turning from a tribal process organization into a kind of whatever it's called, light out, lights out supply chain, self-driving, self-healing, name it. There are so many different um, 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 names and, and, and wordings for it in the, in the industry. They all <clears throat> kind of um, uh, want, to, want to put in our minds that you can fully automate a supply chain with processes and decision elements that are not explicit yet. And this is something that I don't believe. For me, it's a journey that starts with making processes explicit, and then step-by-step step, increasing the degree of automation of those processes. So I bet 
all the crisis that has been going on. I mean, if we rewind back to a couple to pre-COVID, remember those oh, days? Yeah. Long time ago. Uh, those days when all we had to worry about was digitizing businesses. Now we've got uh, crisis upon crisis, complexity upon complexity, ships stuck in canals, tariffs, loads of different types of issues. And that to some degree has pushed people. And I, hey, I'm one of them. I'm constantly saying to people that if you don't digitize, you're not going to survive the next crisis, right? But do you think that pushing just towards technology and all of this crisis has created this, this desire to run before we can walk? And what you're saying is that we need to pause, perhaps if I'm understanding correctly, and, and make sure that we get robust processes in line, that we get our robust workflows in line, and then layer technology on top of that. So I wouldn't say that, that we all should pause First of all, we should start, but we should start with, with processes and we should not try to do this, the second or the, the, third, the uh, third step before the first one is done. So I always call it think big, start small, scale fast. Yeah. Think big means you, you need to have a kind of bigger picture. You need to have a kind of approximate endpoint where you're striving towards with your supply chain in your specific function, in your specific sector, in your specific process end to end. Yeah. But then um, starting small is something that um, where you take a first subset, first segment, a first use case, a first whatsoever, and really bring this towards the bigger picture, towards the end state, and do it with the people, drive adoption. Do not just throw technology onto something and then impose stupid measurements of whether people are using the system or not, but really try to make it a very adoptive, a very well-adopted process before you then roll this out and, and, and scale in two dimensions, further use cases as well as increase of automation. I think this is, this is part of the journey and I often see um, companies trying to jump too far in one step. Yeah? And this without having a, a really clear to-be picture, what my end state is, this is, of course, um, something that, that often doesn't succeed in terms of getting the improved processes or the improved process support well adopted. I, I've, seen, I've seen examples where corporations spend millions and millions, for example, into end-to-end -end planning with the, with the effect that the organization was using more Excel after the system got implemented compared to before. You know what? I want to touch upon that because I bet you there are people listening here saying the same, thinking the exact same thing. You know, we get consultants in, we get people in, they come into our business, they tell us to invest millions and millions of dollars into systems and then we end up either worse off or we end up just using the old systems anyway, either because we have adoption issues or they're maybe poor, laid, laid over poorly executed plans. I would argue there's something else in your, I, I love this, I wrote it down, think big, start small, scale fast. But I also think that there's a missing element in the, what problem am I trying to solve? Absolutely. You know, right? Because I, I think sometimes there's technology for technology's sake. Okay, we implemented this new end-to-end -end process, but what is it actually gonna do? I like to say in my business, whenever anybody does anything, I always go, well, to what end? What is the point? What, what are we trying to do here? Is it going to drive value to my clients? Is it going to drive value to my employees? Is it going to drive value to the shareholders? Is it going to make things easier? Is it going to, what is the end 
of, you know, to what end? What problem am I trying to solve? So I, I agree with you there. I interview people all the time, uh, Klaus, talking about why digital transformation is failing. I'm like now 150 odd episodes in, and I still don't have the answer to that question other than it's down to bad processes, bad, you know, issues with people, uh, technology for technology's sake, but it's still happening. So what's the solution? I think that there's some level of education, also C-level education needed on this topic of digitalization. What is it about and how to rightly approach it? If it's just a kind of board decision, we need to, we need to digitalize, go for digital. And the organization reacts to say, okay, then I need to integrate probably a new system. And they are selecting a new system. And this system, of course, is horribly expensive and costs a lot of implementation, a lot of money for implementation. And they come up with a, with a 10 million or 50 million or 20 million program request. And the, the technology vendors, the, the suppliers, of course, say, this is all easy. This is all a piece of cake. You just need to implement the system and everything is baked. It, it, of course, isn't. So if the, the expectations of the board is not managed towards, hey, we need to invest some time beforehand. We need to probably not approach it with one big step, but, but it's more a kind of, of, of journey. We need to constantly focus on this. We need to reorganize. We need to rethink our processes, our roles, probably even some organizational elements along with it. And we need to do this as a, as a, as a very solid conceptual work, which probably does not yield the effect of optimizing and, um, and, and throwing out values from day one, but there is a good portion of pre-investment associated with it. This is a truth that needs to be told. If this expectation is not well managed, then most probably the project, the program rushes into a system implementation where the expectation is we, we are implementing a system at the end of the 20 million, I will get a return on invest on this. And um, of course, the time for a proper transformation, for a proper transformation, not just the digital element, but the transformative element is um, doesn't find space anymore and doesn't find the right attention. I liked what you said about educating the C-suite. I liked what you said about there being a responsibility at the executive level to understand transformation or digital digitalization or whatever we call it for the sake of solving a problem and, uh, and not necessarily running towards digital technology. Now, how do we practically make that happen? That's the big million dollar question. <laughs> Yeah. You're asking to, to, to uh, kind of um, um, managing the expectations with the C-suite or, or getting it, getting it uh, technically done, getting it practically done, whereas we are question directed to. It, it's more of a theoretical question. You know, it's, it really is. I don't have the answer to that. And I don't expect you have the answer to that. But it is a question of, uh, no. you know, we need to invest more time in this. To put it in, into a very probably simplified answer, this brings it to the point saying digital transformation is about processes and workflows, making, making processes and workflows work very differently, digitally integrated tomorrow. So the, the, the kind of 
object of digitalization is the process. The object of digitalization is not implementing the system. The system is a means to an end. And if you, if you reflect this, that at the end of the day, everything, any improvement has to mature in the way how processes and workflows work tomorrow, then you kind of build the right priorities of what needs to be done. Because then if you, if you have digested this simple kind of rule, the first question will be, yes, but what is our process going to look like tomorrow? What is the digitalized state of this process? Someone recently said to me in a, in a, in a discussion that I had on the background of my book, a, a chief supply chain officer from a multinational um, life science corporation, he said, you know what? I've got a clear vision what digitalization needs to enable us. And this is <clears throat> that I personally think that what we all got used to in our private consumer world, Amazon, the, the Amazon effect, mm -hmm. is gonna be is going to be introduced in, in the B2B world. Yeah. This was this all what we see there, the transparency, the transparency of prices, the, the real-time information flow about everything and anything. You, you, you kind of see when your delivery knocks your door. This, this is all a given in our private consumption world. And this is going to determine the way how our B2B world will function in a couple of years, in five years, in 10 years. I don't know how long it will take, but it will come. And digital transformation for me means we need to transform our processes to be able to cope with this. This was his vision which is, a, from my perspective, a very tangible, interesting vision. Mm. Um, but it, he said, it, to me, this makes clear that we can't allow system implementations where the processes are working the same as yesterday and people are still excelling around and sending emails in order to inform each other or to raise questions. These all need to be digitally integrated and only exceptions are handled by people in the process. This is what our digital supply chain needs to be capable of. And I think this is very interesting. So everything starts with, with first of all, understanding that it's all about the way of working, the way processes and workflows are going to work in a in a digitalized um, in a digitalized scenario in a digitalized way and then of course projecting yourself into what does it mean for my process what does it mean for my way of working what is my digitalized end state this think big big picture type thing but then also of course um, develop a roadmap with digestible pieces yeah i think this is yeah bite size bite sized chunks absolutely like bite sized chunks Mm. Um, Klaus, this is all the time we've got, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your book or tell us a little bit about how people can get in touch if they want to hear more from you. Yeah, my book, let me let me first of all name the, the title of my book, because even though the book is still in process, I, I know what the title, title is going to be. And um, it's going to be Tribal Up Digital, which means that tribal processes, non-explicit processes are a risk for any digitalization. You can't digitalize tribal processes. And if you, if tribal processes remain after your digitalization approaches and improvement, you are losing digital adoption. Uh, so this is why, why uh, tribal 
Stop digital. And insofar as getting in touch with you, how would people go about yeah. doing that? I mean, LinkedIn. Absolutely. So you find me on LinkedIn. You find me on klausimping.com with, with, with topics about the book. You will find us about mse-solutions.com from a, from a company perspective. These are the way. But what you always will find is a lot of focus on processes. Digitalization is process first, technology second. But of course, technology is important because it's an enabler and you need to be able to master it in order to implement your visions. On that note, Klaus, thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you listening to Transform Talks, we'll see you at the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today.